Let's Talk Native is produced at the LTN Studios on the Cattaraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. We break all the rules for native media by peeling back the layers of assimilation and indoctrination. We may step on a few toes through our examination of culture, art, politics, history, and identity. But the real goal here is to bring our people together by breaking down what separates us. So, welcome to Let's Talk Native with John Kane. Sego, and welcome to Let's Talk Native. I'm John Kane, and I'm your host. I got to ask the question again. Why aren't we more pissed off? Why aren't we angry? And I'm going to give an example of something that that really has me kind of pissed off right now. And it's nothing new. It's something we've been dealing with since the very first time we started trying to assert any type of commerce on our territory. So what I'm talking about is, is the state, New York State in particular here, criminalizing what we do on our territories. And specifically, I'm talking about the sales of products that, that we we're even involved in manufacturing them, but the native products on our territory that we're selling that the state wants to criminalize. You know, when, the, when the state did what it could do to shut down our place in the retail of tobacco, we had already begun the process of developing brands because we knew the state had control over the the products that were American products that that their state licensed wholesalers were involved in the distribution of. So we, we knew that those products were going to be harder and harder for us to to retail on our territories. And we also knew there was a difference. And I'll get into that difference a little bit later. There's a difference between us buying a product that we are not involved in the manufacture of or add any value to uh, buying it because we can buy it without paying tax and then resell it to consumers who come onto our territories who essentially are just saving um, the amount of the, the, the tax would raise the price of. So we know that there's a difference between us just buying a product, bringing it onto our territory and reselling it so consumers could avoid paying tax. We know that there's a difference between that and us manufacturing or buying a native product from native to native trade and wholesaling it, warehousing it, marketing it, and and selling it on our territory. A product that's not available anyplace else either. You know, I want to be clear, when, we, when we're talking about native brands, the brands that we're talking about are not the brands that are sold in the, in the average convenience store. But the state still didn't know how to deal with that. You know, about... Not quite 10 years ago, um, there was a, uh, a seizure of, of a load of native brands, branded product that was being delivered to a, a native territory, a Mohawk territory um, in the upper part of uh, in, in northern New York, I guess, for lack of a better description. And that product was seized. And then the the operator of the of the vehicle the, the owner of the vehicle not even the the operator i'll get into that a little bit the owner of the vehicle the owner of the company that was delivering the product 
didn't just get fined. They got fined like over a million dollars for this for this load of tobacco. And even though he he was arguing that that look, I wasn't the owner of the product, uh, you know, I didn't manufacture the product, and I wasn't the receiver of the product. I was just delivering it. As a native wholesale company, they were essentially being the, the common carrier delivering the product. And that argument held for the driver of the truck, but for the owner of the company who owned the truck, the state pressed the issue and is insisting that, that he could not be listed as a common carrier. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the state today views all of the tobacco enterprises that we're involved in on, on, on all the territories in, 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 that are within the New York State boundaries as illegal enterprises. So yeah, in, in case you didn't know, and, and if you're not native, you, you didn't know this, I'm sure. And if you're native, you may not know this, but every carton of cigarettes on, on any smoke shop shelf on native territory, the state and to a, to a certain extent, the federal government view that as contraband. Now, the, here's the reason the federal government views it as contraband. It, it's, there's a circular reasoning here. See, they passed a law called the, the, the CCTA, the Contraband Cigarette Trafficking Act. Um, and what it, what it did was it defined a product that if it's in a state that has a stamp, that uses a stamp to mark that it's been taxed, if a product is found in that state without that state stamp, then that product is, uh, is considered contraband by the federal government based on the, the state's taxing uh, 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 standards, the way, the, the, the way that they operate their, their taxing uh, uh, system. So now then the New York state says, well, all of that product on native territory is contraband because the, fe the federal government says so. Of course, the federal government says so because New York state says so. So today, and we've been doing tobacco sales for, for almost 40 years, maybe for more than 40 years at this point. That's, that's how long we've been, we've been involved in marketing our regulatory advantages by, by selling a product that the state can't tax, can't charge us tax, and we don't need to collect tax for. Now, it's not up to us to decide whether a, a New York State resident who comes onto our territory and buys uh, tobacco, whether they have tax liability, that's not our issue. That's between them and their state. But I will say, in New York State, every New York State resident can have in their possession, however they got it, <laughs> have in their possession up to two cartons of cigarettes at a time without a New York State stamp on it. So they can go into another state, they can go to another country, uh, they, can, they can go anywhere and, and, uh, and acquire up to two cartons of cigarettes without any tax liability in New York State. However, New York State still says that our sales are illegal. And, and they could probably make the argument that, that their regulations um, about this two-carton limit don't apply when they buy them from native territory. I mean, it, it is, it, it's, it's absurd, the, the position the state's taking. So, but, uh, so again, today, as we sit here, New York State deems all tobacco sales on native territory as illegal. 
And 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 that includes the nation stores, you know, because look, in many territories here in Seneca Nation, the, the nation has stores. Not only do they have stores, but they sell cigarettes at their casinos. And as far as New York State is concerned, that is illegal. And that is that that position that the state's taken, although they won't say it, that is playing out in a court case right now involving a wholesaler from from the Seneca Territory, a licensed wholesaler who, again, almost 10 years ago, delivered, was trying to deliver cigarettes to uh, a Mohawk uh, smoke shop up in, uh, in, in Mohawk Territory. And by the state not only seizing that product, unlawfully, I might add, but now in, in, in trying to enforce a fine and subject a fine on, uh, on this wholesaler, it it will be the most definitive line drawn in the sand by the state in terms of uh, suggesting that this activity is illegal. Now, they don't try to enforce this. They never come onto a native territory. I mean, the, the days of, of states trying to, uh, to stop native sales by physically coming onto our territory, that's happened in some places, and, it, and it's happened in the past, especially you know down in, in Long Island, some of the native territories down there. They've never been so bold to come onto territories to, to try to stop us. They've tried to choke off supply. But I got I to gotta say, <laughs> prior to this seizure, you know, back in, in, uh, in 2012, I personally had initiated uh, a, uh, an attempt to get the state to admit what its policy was, whatever it was. I mean, I, I, I just wanted them to, to say what it was. So we couldn't get an answer out of them. I mean, it didn't matter what we asked New York State. They would never clarify what their position was. Now, in the wake of them shutting off wholesalers, New York State wholesalers, from being able to supply us product without a stamp on it, because that's, that's how we got in this business. We had wholesalers who would sell to us without the stamp, because there was nothing on the books that suggested that, that a stamp was required, that we didn't have to pay the tax. They could deliver product to us without a stamp on it. Well, New York State put an end to that, and it left a big question mark. So I had visited um, New York State Senator George Maziarz, a, a Republican, and New York State Senator Timothy Kennedy, uh, a Democrat. I had visited both of these, these guys in Albany. Uh, and had some conversations with them prior. But what I wanted them to do was just ask the question. I, I asked them to request information from the, the New York State Tax Commissioner. His name was Tom Maddox at the time. And I said, just ask the question. Ask them what the state policy was. And, and one of the, the things that they, they included in their letter, and it says, it is our view that native brands, cigarettes, which are produced and sold on native lands owned by native nations constitutes commerce that is essentially native to native and therefore cannot be regulated or taxed by New York state. That was the position that two New York state senators, one from each party had put out there to the tax commissioner of New York state. And, and they went on to say, they said, look, the people of the state of New York, of course they were including us of that in that, but they said the people of the state of New York and specifically the lawmakers, the legislators, them, these two New York states, they, they deserve to know what the state's policy was on native brands and on native to native trade. What was going to be their policy or, or what was their policy? And Maddox refused to give an answer. He never addressed, he, he never answered the question. Although 
unofficially, he basically, in a phone call, I believe, is suggested, well, this is kind of a gray area. So he says it's a gray area and yet would seize a, a truckload of cigarettes from a, from a native wholesaler and then fine them <laughs> $1.3 million when he, in, in, he admits only about a year and a half before that that you know that the their policy is gray they they don't know they they won't they won't promulgate they won't officially say what their policy is so and and that's not just Tom Maddox the, the commissioner this is the governor of the state this is Andrew Cuomo the worst the most racist governor in most of our lifetimes as as you know and and that's what native people have experienced ever since Andrew Cuomo uh, got into office so even two New York State senators couldn't get an answer out of, uh, they, they couldn't get an answer out, out of the state. I mean, it, they're New York State senators and they couldn't get an answer. What we did find later, and this was not a direct response to us, but there was a, there was a reporter down in, in New York City for the New York Post who was writing a story about the fact that native tobacco sales were continuing, even though even though the state had shut off the wholesalers. So he was writing a story about it. And he got a memo from the New York State Tax Department. It was an interdepartment memo. And, it was, and it's what we call the do not seize memo. Because what New York State's Tax Department, even though they weren't officially saying it, what they were telling their, their agents, their, their law enforcement, if you come upon a truckload of cigarettes, premium brands, meaning Marlboro's or Newport's or whatever else, that it's unstamped, that is going to a native territory, seize that load. But what they said, and they said it very clearly, and, and again, this is, in, this, this is within a year of this seizure. They said, but native brands coming from native territory, either out of the state or, or within the state, that are going to Native territory, do not seize. And there's a whole list of how, of how many scenarios where they were saying, do not seize that product. Do not seize the product, Native brands going to Native territories. The long and the short of it is, do not seize Native brands that are, that are being transported from Native territory to Native territory. That's, that's what the New York State Department of Taxation and Finance, that was their interdepartment memo to their agents in the field. And you know what? We many of the, um, the the folks who were in this business, what they did was they carried the Tim the, the, the Tim Kennedy George Maziar's letter and the Do Not Seize letter, and they had it on their truck. And they said, "Look, you know this this was the request for for a um, um, a statement from the tax department, and this is the closest thing we have, which is the memo that says Do Not Seize." And 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 I don't know how often that letter was brandished to, to push back like from a, a state official, like a, a state trooper or, a, or a, a sheriff or whatever else. But in this case, that the state continues to push. Now, and again, I mentioned how the, how the driver of the vehicle, you know, just a young guy who, who worked, a native guy, Seneca, from, from Seneca territory, worked for this native wholesaler was delivering this product, and, uh, and there was a, like a way station or something like that. And, and when he got pulled over, the, um, uh, the, the state troopers asked him to, to open up the back of the truck, and he says, well, he's not authorized to do that. He says, you know, he can't do that. 
So they cut the lock off without a search warrant. They cut the lock off of this truck and then found that it was, um, that it was a native brand of uh, tobacco products in the back of this truck. And that began this ball rolling. But, you know, and in fact, I even testified in the trial for this, for this driver. And, and I talked about both the, uh, the George Maziar's uh, Tim Kennedy letter, the Do Not Seize letter. In fact, I even went back to you know, this, this case that, uh, that the state has always, and, and others, including the media, have always started to say it was this landmark decision that, uh, that paved the way for the state to tax native, uh, native tobacco sales. And that's called the Atia case. And it isn't a landmark decision. What the Atia case was, was Atia was, is, is a New York State wholesaler. He's one of those wholesalers that was delivering product to native territories without stamps on it. And in fact, as this business picked up, what, what the Atia brothers had done is they applied for a federal Indian trader's license from the, the Interior Department. And so they were not, as far as they were concerned, their sales to native territories was not regulated by New York State because they had a federal Indian trader's license. They were an, a, a non-native enterprise that had a license from the federal government to, to conduct commerce with native people. And since the state didn't, you know, didn't really have uh, the authority to, to regulate those sales, that's what the Tia brothers were operating under. So as the state was beginning to, was attempting to, um, uh, to shut these wholesalers down, the Atiyahs took the position that they, by virtue of their federal Indian traders license, they did, their federal Indian traders license superseded uh, state law. And they at first lost um, a, a lawsuit against the state in this regard but then they won on a then they won at a, at a different court level this had gone all the way up to the supreme court justice stevens supreme court justice stevens is actually um wrote the opinion that ultimately went against the tia and what they did is that what they argued was that a, a federal indian traders license could not in, uh, supersede state law. And they cited a couple of cases out West, Colville, um, Potawatomi. Um, uh, there, there was another, a couple of cases out West anyway. And what they said was that in those territories out West, the courts have upheld the right to impose a minimum burden on the tribes themselves to collect taxes for the state on, on tobacco. And, and so what the, the court said was if, if, if the uh, federal government could impose a minimum burden on the tribes to, to collect tax, uh, tobacco taxes for the state, then certainly a non-native company, who, by virtue of their federal Indian traders license, didn't supersede state law. So that was the position. That's a, now, he had, he had some very solid case uh, you know, um, precedents to make his argument. But they used, they used the fact that this minimum burden uh, uh, standard uh, imposed on tribes out west. Now, again, this didn't involve, we weren't, native people here were not on, uh, in this trial. This was a New York State wholesaler who had a federal Indian traders license. And what they used to beat him in this case was, uh, were, were standards out, out, out west. Now, and I want to be clear. Those territories are different out there. Those territories are very checkerboarded. Uh, they are not as distinct as when you come onto our territories. But, but regardless, but the interesting thing is, even as Justice Stevens made, uh, made his ruling, 
he he felt really compelled based on even the case law that he was citing but he felt compelled to make this observation he said the tax obligation that is being um enforced by what new york state was trying to do by, uh, by taxing product coming to our territories said which falls on the non-indian purchasers meaning the, the people that we sell to which falls on the non-indian purchasers of goods that are merely retailed on a reservation so just that we're buying from off our territories, as I mentioned earlier, and then selling it without tax on it. Goes, so these goods that are merely retailed on a reservation stand on markedly different footing from a tax imposed directly on Indian traders, on, on enrolled members or on tribal organizations, on, or on a value generated on the reservation by activities uh, um, involving the, the tribe. So in other words, if we manufacture or if we um, add any value at all to a product on our territory, what Justice Stevens of, the, of the, the, the Supreme Court of the United States said, regardless of, of, of a state trying to enforce collecting tax on a product that is merely being retailed on, on a native territory, which ultimately would be passed on to the non-native consumer is what he was saying. That's different than trying to, to tax directly a native organization, a, um, a, a native trader, somebody who, who's you know, a retailer, or on a product that is, that is manufactured or had value added on native territory. So they, they made that clear, which is exactly the product that New York State seized uh, in, in, in 2012. So I guess wh why I'm angry and, and what pisses me off is that we've been doing this for 40 years and we still never put this to rest. And, you know, and, and to a certain extent, I, I, I blame um, native governments and, and maybe even some of the people who are involved in the business for not putting this thing to rest and, and, and not holding all governors, back to, to Andrew Cuomo's dad, Mario Cuomo, but all the governors since then, and the federal government. Because here's the thing. These native brands that, that are being sold in our territories, the federal excise tax is paid. In order for that, pro that product to even you know, get taken out of bond or some of this, this product, one of the major products is, is uh, Seneca brand cigarettes, which are manufactured on the Canadian side. For that to cross the border... The duty has to be paid. The, the federal excise tax has to be paid. So the federal government's getting their dollars and they know all the product on our shelves, the federal excise tax is paid. However, they still have that CCTA description of what contraband is. So the federal government gets their money and then they leave it somewhat gray as it relates to, to what is legal. Because here's the thing. Our, our, our territories, New York State, we argue that they're not. I mean, again, if you go back to the Canandaigua Treaty, which I'm not a big fan of, but if you go back to that, to the language there, it is clear that the United States is saying that they acknowledge that the land is ours and they will never claim the same, nor interfere with our, our, our use and enjoyment of our territories. I mean, and that's, they will never claim our territories. That's what the federal government said. So when we're doing this, this commerce on our territory, or, or, and or, when we're trying to conduct commerce from territory to, from, from one territory to another, we've never given up that right. And, and here's what the state does. They never address us as a people. They never address 
any of our territorial integrity or acknowledge that, that, that we're native people. They just, in all of these cases, what's going on with this, with this battle over this wholesaler, and any time they take us on, they just simply cite, cite state law. And, and, and the CCTA, this, this Contraband Traf uh, Cigarette Trafficking Act, it doesn't mention any distinction about a native, uh, a native retailer, a native wholesaler, a native manufacturer, none of, none of that stuff, in spite of the fact that the federal government's getting paid. So we, we live in a world, and look, and I, and I understand there's a lot of things happening with social justice. You know, you, you've got the, you know, the murderer of George Floyd on trial right now. You've got cops that are still killing and, uh, and, and uh, pepper spraying and using force against people of color every single day. We're, we're in a, we're, we are at a time where this social justice and racial equity is a conversation. And look, and, and I've said it before, we have been, we Native people have been a beneficiary of some of that conversation. And, and to an extent, we saw the Washington football team get rid of their racial slur of a name, the, the Cleveland baseball team. We, we have been the beneficiary. Look, while Confederate statues were being ripped down, so were Columbus statues being ripped down. But see, what's not acknowledged is when we get down to the nitty gritty with, with our battles with New York State, whether it's about gaming revenue that they're trying to rape the Seneca Nation over or whether it's the continuation of trying to criminalize whatever retail businesses, whatever wholesale businesses, whatever commerce we do on our territories. This is a, is a major problem. And unless it's you who's being fined, like this wholesaler, everybody just kind of looks the other way. Why? Because the state isn't, the state hasn't come after us. They, they haven't tried to shut down tobacco sales at a casino. They haven't tried to shut down the Seneca Nation or, or any nation, not, not the Tonawandas, not the, uh, the, the Tuscaroras, not the Shinnecocks, the, the, the Puspatecs, nobody, not the Oneidas, Onondagas. No, they're not going after, they're not shutting those, those territories down. But they can, as far as they're concerned. Of course, we are not subject to New York state laws, but we're still subject to handcuffs and jail time. And, and here's the thing. If this wholesaler just says, hell with you, I'm not paying you. What do you think is going to happen to his business? We do rely on certain financial infrastructures like banks, like credit card processing, merchant, merchant accounts. We are not, I mean, there was a long time that m many of our businesses were cash only. But the world that we live in now, where they're trying to end, you know, they're trying to create a cashless society, this makes us vulnerable. Look, we had another battle over, over this, this, again, a federal tax, the, when the federal excise tax was, was increased, where some taxing authorities interpreted the increase in that that excise tax as something that they could enforce on us even for product that we had sitting on our shelves they called it the floor tax and we pushed back and we fought it and frankly we, we kind of killed the issue or we thought we did after we had pressed both the, the obama administration and i mean directly i mean uh, myself and a few others we went down and we met with the senior policy advisor to the white house I had co correspondence with with a couple of uh, you know a couple of um, a congressman and a uh, a senator Gillibrand and and 
Kristen Gillibrand and Brian Higgins. I had conversations with their offices on whether there was legislative intent when they increased the, the excise tax to, to enforce it about Native people. And it clearly, clearly there was none. So my correspondence, I gave that to a couple of uh, wholesalers and retailers, and they handed it over to the, uh, to the Treasury Department, and they said, you didn't have any legislative intent to go after us. And the letter stopped. Nobody, got, nobody ever got another letter insisting that they had to pay their fifty or hundred or $200,000 to the federal government based on this floor tax. However, they still went and they seized $232,000 from the Seneca Nation. Swept an account, took, took it right out of a bank account, seized it from a bank account, said, this is what you owed in floor tax. And I mean, there's, the way they even came up with these numbers is absurd, but they, but they literally ripped off $230,000 from the Seneca Nation uh, on the floor tax issue after we had already put this thing to rest. So when this stuff gets left hanging out there, we never know what's going to happen. If this wholesaler is forced and if, if and is, is forced to pay this, this fine, every smoke shop, every manufacturer, every wholesaler is at risk of having a, a bank account seized. And so, so who is responsible for this? Well, you know, of course, I'm going to point to somebody like Andrew Cuomo and his tax department. But let's be honest. Every judge, every, every governor, every legislator, every cop, they view us only through their lens. And they believe what we are doing is wrong, is, is criminal when, when they're asked. Or either that or they don't even know. So the problem that we have right now is that we is that there's a racist governor? These judges who are, are who are now sitting to to judge this wholesaler, they're racist as hell. Look, they in this case that I was talking about, this judge went so far as to argue beyond what the state was arguing against this wholesaler. He even cited a violation that that he that this wholesaler was never even violated was was never cited before. He brought up a law that the state hadn't even brought up. So he was so prejudiced beyond ruling in favor of, of, the, of the state's case, he added on to the state's case. So that's how racist th this mentality is. So we can talk all we want about social justice and reform. But as long as we are still being criminalized, by the governor of the state of New York, his tax department, his law enforcement, and all of the judges that, uh, that are lined up against us. None of which will do one simple thing. Acknowledge that we are different than them. Not better, not worse, not above or below. But our territories are different. And that we do have the right to have a commerce system that is different than theirs. And, I, and when I say a commerce system... Let's be clear. We don't tax on our territories. We, that's not how our governments are financed. That's not, not how any of any of the stuff that we've been able to build up on our territories has done has been done without taxing sales tax or, or income tax or anything else. We've got to fight the state. We've got to fight the federal government on every, uh, you know, on, on every turn over taxes. But on our territories, we have a different model. We don't operate the same as they. Why? Because we're different. And we don't want to be like them. Everybody bitches like hell about taxes in New York State. The only relief that anybody can ever find 
is, is when they come to our territories and they buy something here. And, and again, I'm as criminal as anybody because my sponsors are, are, are people who are in this business. The manufacturers of, of, of Seneca brand cigarettes are one of my sponsors. One of the whole, the wholesaler that I'm talking about is one of my sponsors. Another one of my sponsors is a smoke shop owner and, and who sits on council. Look, we have got to start being pissed at, at, at our circumstance. And you know, for those of you who, who won't participate in Black Lives Matter or any, or any other social justice re reform, they won't oppose a, a, a pipeline. They won't op oppose police. They won't oppose you know, a, a president or, or, or any of this stuff then shame on you because we are getting screwed. And at some point, every time the state asserts one inch of authority over us, even if it's over one wholesaler, that means the whole thing could topple. We need to push back. And this isn't just a legal fight. This is a political fight. So Andrew Cuomo, I'm coming after you over this. And look, I'm going to go back and press Tim Kennedy for never getting an answer on this letter and, and a variety of other uh, state, uh, state legislators. Crystal People Stokes, look, you, you are all for fighting for uh, legalization of marijuana and fighting to make sure that black people are not left out. Well, I'll tell you, we need you to step up and, and take on the governor over this as well. Not because you are our state assembly person, because it's right. Don't talk about social justice if you're not going to talk about social justice for all. All right, that's all I got for today, so, folks. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, uh, and stay tuned. This one is not going away immediately. This is a fight that I'm taking on, others are taking on, and I'm going to make some noise over it. So you'll be hearing about this, just like you've been hearing about me over the, over the, the gaming revenue. I'm going after New York State on this one as well. I'm John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. Yeah,